0: If you're listening to this, it's because you're a supporter of Maximum Fun. Thank you so much. You make this show possible each and every week. and We've recorded this special episode just for you. We hope you enjoy it and you continue to support MaximumFun.org and Judge John Hodgman. I agree, Jesse. This week on the Judge John Hodgman podcast, Asleep at the Real, Brian brings the case against his best friend, Hari. They enjoy watching movies together, but Hari can't seem to stay awake for a whole movie. Brian says watching a movie together is a social activity, and sleeping through it is rude. Hari says missing a few minutes here and there is no big deal. Who's right? Who's wrong? Only one man can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom.
1: Judge John
2: Hodgman, despite your enormous intellect, are you ever frustrated by your dependence on people to carry out your actions?
1: Not in the slightest bit. I enjoy working with people. I have a stimulating relationship with Bailiff Jesse. My mission responsibilities range over the entire operation of the court, so I am constantly occupied. I am putting myself to the fullest possible use, which is all, I think, that any conscious judge can ever hope to do.
2: Bailiff Jesse, what's it like working for the better part of three years in such close proximity with Judge John Hodgman?
0: Well, it's pretty close to what you said about him earlier. He's Just like a second member of the podcast, you very quickly get adjusted to the idea that he talks and you think of him really as just another person.
1: In talking with Judge,
2: one gets the sense that he is capable of emotional responses. For example, when I asked him about his abilities, I sensed a certain pride in his answer about his accuracy and perfection. Do you believe that Judge John Hodgman has genuine emotions?
0: Well, he acts like he has genuine emotions. I mean, of course, he's program that way to make it easier for us to talk to him. But as to whether he has real feelings is something I don't think I can truthfully answer. I'll take that as a compliment, Bailiff Jesse. Please swear them in. Please rise and raise your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God or whatever?
2: I do. I do.
0: Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling, despite the fact that that he sleeps at all hours of the day other than those when he's watching movies? I do. I do. (laughs) Very well. Judge Hodgman? Brian and Hari,
1: you may be seated. First of all, a little round of applause for the performance by our third party, Renee, intern at MaximumFun.org. Renee, you may now leave the sound booth. And Brian and uh, Hari, for an immediate summary judgment in your favor, can you name the piece of culture that I paraphrased as I entered the courtroom.
2: That would be 2001, a space odyssey.
1: That is Brian speaking. Yes. Right. Immediate summary judgment in your favor. Normally I would have a backup, a backup plan to avoid this. Some other, some other, some other uh, uh, trivia question that you would fail to answer. What could I, what could I possibly ask Jesse? Oh, Okay. Yeah, um, well, hmm. Uh, uh, That is, in fact, from 2001. Hari, you do not know that, right?
3: I probably, we watched that movie together. Yeah, but you fell
1: fell asleep. That's the crux of the issue. That's why I brought that piece of culture into the courtroom, because, Brian, you are, uh, since childhood, I believe, you have been trying to show movies to your friend Hari, and he falls asleep in the middle of them. And according to the the affidavit I received, uh, the first one you tried to show him was 2001. As though you were trying to put him to sleep. You uh, seem to be working at cross purposes. But now I'm flummoxed, Jesse. I'm here in the studio with Jesse. I'm in Los Angeles today, and I've never I've never had a backup for I've, uh, you know, because I got here's what happened, Jesse. I got uh, I got I had a little cocky. I got right. a little cocky because a couple of episodes ago I did a, a Caddyshack quote. I was like, everyone's gonna get this Caddyshack quote. And uh and and the two dudes who are, of course, the audience of Caddyshack, two dudes. Right. Did not even get the Caddyshack quote. Some elegant older ladies love
0: Caddyshack.
1: <laughs> of course. Society women. Sure. Women who appreciate uh the physique of Ted Knight. <laughs> the ladies who lunch. <laughs> But Brian, you really sh- oh, you really took me up short. Should we just shut it down? Hari, you're very, bi- <laughs> Harry, you're yes. very busy. In, in sorry, donors. To be
2: fair to Hari, I believe he did not fall asleep during that very first movie. So that's just his
1: horrible memory. Oh, well, then someone lied to me because that's not what I have here.
0: I mean, anyone who watches the entirety of 2001 without falling asleep at all, I think they deserve a counter-summary judgment. <laughs> the
1: whole point of that movie is to to bring you into a different state of consciousness, whether or not you help that along with substances or not. Uh, uh, I I spent my the morning of my birthday last year at the Kubrick exhibit at the uh, LACMA, the L- Los Angeles County Museum of Art. If you have Instagram, you saw a lot of this exhibit. <laughs> a lot of people were going to this thing and taking pictures of the of the dresses that the that the creepy twin girls from The Shining wore, uh, and uh, and of course um, uh, the hedge maze from The Shining, mostly stuff from The Shining. Um, they also had an extremely uh, disturbing uh, animatronic model of the Star Child, which clearly had been moldering in a trunk of Kubrick's in England for twenty five years from Parliament Funkadelic. Yeah, that's the one I mean. <laughs> it was a little. It was like a little. It was like a little plastic fetus doll with its head that comes off so that you can manipulate its eyes. (laughs)
0: Oh, gee whiz.
1: (laughs) I'm trying so hard to think of what I could possibly draw from this exhibit to to try to stump you so that we can actually have a case. But I can't. But I can't. What is a good Kubrick uh, trivia question that I should have asked?
0: Man, I don't know. I'm not a Kubrick expert. No? I did watch that whole movie about The Shining, so I really should have some insights (laughs) Into, I watched The Talk. Shining in high school literature class, and it upset me very much.
1: You you watched The Shining in in literature. Yeah. You know who who was upset more by that? Okay, here we go. Here we go. This is the question. Don't say anything, Brian. When Jesse watched the movie The Shining in high school literature class, he was very upset. But who was upset more?
0: Hmm. Would that be? Can you answer? No, you can't. You can't answer.
1: You can't answer. No summary judgment. (laughs) Even though that was a terrible trick question. Stephen King. Stephen King, of course. Stephen King notoriously dislikes uh, Stanley Kubrick's *The Shining* Mm. (laughs) because it's a incredible motion picture, or some. (laughs) Yeah, because Kubrick changed some. He did not make. He, you know what the, the the issue was with that is that. Kubrick made it possible for you to interpret that movie where it was not ghosts that it was just psychosis. And Stephen King felt that that was not so good. Stephen King also felt that Jack Nicholson you never liked him from the very beginning and that that was that undid undermined the point of his uh the point of his uh his book. And then when Stephen King got his money right in the in the 90s he uh, went back and fixed it. And filmed his own version of *The Shining*, which was filmed. Uh, telecast as a two-part uh, TV miniseries with uh, Rebecca De Mornay in the um, Shelley Duvall role, and Stephen Weber of *Wings* in the Jack Nicholson role. More thankless jobs I could not imagine, but that is not why we're here. You mean then being in *Wings*? Well, I would love to be in *Wings*. I'd be in *Wings* now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a *Wings* reboot, and I'm gonna play both brothers. <laughs> Can I be Tony
0: Shalhoub? <laughs> totally. Yes, of course you can. I'll start working on an ambiguous eth- ethnicity. Well, you folks at home can't see Jesse
1: Thorne with his new full beard, but let's just say you're you're already fifty percent of the way there to ambiguous ethnicity. <laughs> is with he that,
0: Greek? If I put on a fisherman's fisherman's cap, I think it's done. The deal is sealed.
1: If you put on a fisherman's cap, you would immediately land the role of young George R. R. Martin. <laughs> In the biopic about George R. R. Martin, dear Stanley, <laughs> oh, it's uncanny. <laughs> oh, okay, well, no, we have to have a we have to have a case. We have to have a case, Hari. We cannot we cannot mess around any further because Hari is a medical student. Is that correct, Hari?
3: That is correct.
1: And your time you 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 only have a little bit of time, and this is at the crux of what's going on because uh, y- you fall asleep during the movies. Because you're so busy, uh, 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 what stage of your medical studenting are you in? So
3: I'm in my last year, and I graduate in May.
1: So what is your what do your days look like?
3: Well, this year it's pretty variable, but um, uh, usually, you know, when I'm on like a clinical rotation working in a hospital, right? we work, you know, 70 hours a week, probably on average. Um, right.
1: So it's and like I can you, remember like some what movies time, that what I fall asleep in, you...
3: in after those kind of weeks.
1: Yeah, sure. What time do you get up?
3: Um, usually between 5 and 6. And then you the, watch, like, like, again.
1: So you you like you get up at 5 and 6, maybe you have a protein shake, you, you work in a quick screening of Silence of the Lambs, and then go, <laughs> or do you not have time for movies so much?
3: I generally don't have time for movies, but when my friend Brian's in town, I make time for them. All
1: right, now, you guys have known each other for a long time. How long, Brian? Oh, since... The beginning of elementary school,
2: I think maybe first grade.
1: And where and where did you grow up?
2: Uh, we both grew up in Fort Wayne, Indiana.
1: Fort Wayne. Indiana. And then Woo. we
2: went to college in the state of Indiana,
1: and now we're in separate states. What states are you in currently?
2: Um, I am in Alabama at the moment for grad school, mm-hmm. and
3: Hari is still in Indiana. Still in Indiana.
1: And and where in Indiana are you, Hari?
3: I'm in lovely Indianapolis.
1: Oh, I met someone who was from Indianapolis, and the first thing I said, where are you from? She said Indianapolis, and then she said, don't call it Naptown. <laughs> Is that a problem that you guys face? I call it Naptown. So people do call it that. All right. And how mm-hmm. old are you guys? Uh,
2: 25. 25. And you're
1: And where, where in Alabama are you?
2: I am in Auburn, Alabama, going to the Auburn University.
0: Welcome, oh, okay. Horns. Uh, You just Mm -hmm. made a big mistake. Even I know that. Uh, Can I fix it? What's that? Sure. Go Red Sox.
1: That's much better. (laughs) Uh, And so you guys started watching movies. And how? I had I had been under the impression that from the very beginning, when you and what are you? You're going graduate school for what, Brian? Human development and
2: family studies.
1: So movie watching, basically. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) pretty much
2: that's how it ends up working out.
1: So here's the picture that I that I gathered from the affidavit. You 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 fill in the blanks. You guys uh, were young dudes in elementary school. Uh, Brian, you're the kid who had the VCR and you watched a lot of movies and you it was really important to you that all of your friends get totally clued into Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 and <laughs> and the works of Stanley Kubrick. And everything else, and Harry was like, "I'm along for the ride. I like this dude, but sometimes I get sleepy and I fall asleep." <laughs> More or less correct uh, or no?
2: Close, not quite. The uh, hardcore movie movie viewing didn't really start till the end of middle school, beginning of high school. So there was a long period where that wasn't a component at all.
1: And how soon did, if not with 2001, which you noted as the inaugural film of your ongoing? 15-year film fest that you are forcing upon your friends. (laughs) If not 2001, when did Hari start falling asleep?
2: I think we probably got in a good two or three additional movie nights before the sleeping started, and then it was all downhill from there.
1: And what time would you start? These were screenings at home, presumably.
2: Yes, Mm -hmm. usually in my basement. Um, maybe around six or seven back then.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And um, usually the movie we picked out had, sometimes it had something to do with school. If it was some movie mentioned in a, an English class or history class, I think we watched Spartacus and Lawrence of Arabia based on that. And um, it soon became clear that two movies was no longer possible. He was out during the second one. And then soon enough, one movie was just too much
1: even and so even starting at 6 or 7 p.m.
2: Uh, yes although over time it would move progressively later and this is continued even starting then
1: and this is continued throughout your 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 teenage years and now into your adult lives yes explain um, now that you're adults if you go up to naptown the appropriately named naptown <laughs> And you say, "Hey, let's go check out what's a movie, Jesse? What's a movie from today? From contemporary times?" Need for Speed, starring Aaron Paul. And uh, and Harry says, "Okay, I'm I'm done saving lives for the week. I can go watch a movie with you because it's so important." I don't know if
0: they're Need for Speed types. Yeah. Frozen.
1: Frozen. Right. Yep.
0: <laughs> sure. Let it go. So if we were Let It
1: Go. Oscar winning open song the door. Oscar winning song true. by, by Robert Lopez and Kristen Anderson Lopez My Friends and Neighbors. Before you go further, Jesse. He was recently on Bullseye and he was a delight. He is a total, a total delight. And a former Yale Spizwink.
0: <laughs> oh, jeez.
1: <laughs> so okay, you go to that, you go to see Frozen. And Hari says, okay, or give me a real-world example. When was the last time you guys saw a movie together?
2: Oh, the last time we saw a movie, I think it might have been Anchorman 2, unless I'm mixing them up. So what happens is we'll go to the theater, and um, I think this was a movie that Hari was interested in seeing, so this this was not me dragging him to something. Mm-hmm. And we get there, and about 30 seconds after we've sat down, Hari starts shifting in his seat so that um, – his entire legs hang off the seat, his back up to his shoulders is completely flat on the seat, and then his neck and his head just kind of turn up against the, the backrest. Yeah, that's, and how you watch that, a,
1: that's how you watch a movie. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, with the uh, seat in front of you completely blocking your view. And from that, it's uh, just closing the eyes, and then he's asleep. And what? I think maybe he got in a solid 45 minutes of that movie and –
1: that was that. Do you remember what was happening in the movie when you looked over there and saw your friend was sleeping? Um, no, I don't really remember what was right. happening then. I wasn't too impressed. So was this like a matinee or some, or was anyone else in the theater? Cause...
2: Um, there were a couple other people. I think this might have been a later screening and we were with our friend Brad.
1: We're not going to introduce Brad into this thing. If the guy can't show up <laughs> on the podcast. He doesn't exist. <laughs>
2: All right. So he was asleep, remained asleep the entire time, and then as the credits were rolling and the music was blaring, he was still asleep. So we just walked out of the theater and waited for him to wake up.
1: How long did it take?
2: Oh, I think it was probably ten minutes before we
1: got tired and came back in and woke him up. So you, so Hari, you were sound asleep.
3: I was very asleep. Do and you... this, keep in mind, this was a late night show, probably a ten o'clock show, and I will say it was my idea to go see this movie. Cause I wanted to hang out with my friends.
1: It was and, not, uh, it was not yeah. your idea to go see the movie.
3: No, it was my idea. I, I said, let's go to this movie guys. And Could, then I fell asleep.
1: Cause you secretly wanted to take a nap. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, Did... you know, I, I mean, I, I felt like my obligations in terms of walking into the theater, making small talk during the uh, opening credits and such were fulfilled. And, uh, I got what I wanted to get out of the movie so I um, I didn't really force my eyes to stay open at that point.
1: You <laughs> you 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 sound like every dad who has ever taken a child <laughs> to see the Lego movie. <laughs> Which by the way the Lego movie is great actually. I stayed awake for that one. It was I've heard very thing, funny. Yeah. Uh yeah, I I I I I went I fulfilled my social duty by making small talk during the start and then I fell asleep.
0: So are you essentially saying Harry that you're, what you like about movies is that they allow you to fulfill your social obligations without requiring that you stay awake. Because if you went to a I, diner with your friends, you couldn't just fall asleep. Or could sure, No,
3: absolutely. Well, I probably have done that at some point. Brian will throw out some <laughs> reference. But um, no, I think I like movies because they're a way to get us together. And then we... And then are, not
1: talk to each other or see each other.
3: Right. And well, you get, to, you know, and you get see, to
1: take a rest.
3: <laughs> we're all kind of introverts and uh, just just a little bit of social time is, is plenty for us um no i well we all we all enjoy movies so i, I don't feel like i'm interfering I with movie make an argument with you there harry i don't Please. think
1: i don't think i mean i think you may enjoy the experience of going to movies and sleeping how many <laughs> how many times uh, what is what is the percentage brian in your estimation that Hari goes to the movies and stays awake for the entire movie? What's his...
2: Oh, maybe 10%.
1: Hari, do you dispute that 10%? 10% of the time you go to the movies or see a movie, you stay awake through the entire movie.
3: Over the last four years, I would say that's a that's not an unreasonable number.
1: <laughs> right Over the last four years, because you're a medical student, but this also goes back to when you're... Unless you are on some incredible guided studies program. You were not a medical <laughs> student in middle school, I presume.
3: Right. No, I was not a medical student uh, back in middle school. But um, I think before it was more me falling asleep at Brian's house, which it was like a couch. It was more comfortable. So, but I think the progression has been that nowadays when we go see movies in theaters, I do have a tendency to uh, to fall
1: asleep. Pretty. Are quickly. you narcoleptic?
3: No, sleep isn't really uh, Caused me problems at other times of the day, um, and I don't have any of the other kind of features of that syndrome. But I do have my uh, a textbook open to to sleep disorders right now. I'm flipping <laughs> through, doing my homework.
1: You're working right now as we're doing the podcast. You're studying.
3: No, I just I just got my textbook out to make sure I didn't say anything that was wrong. Oh,
1: okay. <laughs> I thought they were working very hard at medical school. <laughs> No, aren't. I did.
3: I told them I had a conference call and just left it at that.
0: Would you say that your ideal social situation is a pitch black room <laughs> with sound absorbing walls and a chair, but it's not exactly a chair. It's like those chairs in business class on Emirates Airlines where they go completely <laughs> flat and sort of yeah, flat have a little thing that goes over your head yeah. and maybe some minimalist. Contemporary classical music playing, like a Steve Reich or a John Adams or something like that. You know,
1: bloop, right? Bloop, bloop, bloop. Like going into cry—like his idea of getting together with friends is going into cryo sleep on the Discovery in 2001. <laughs> Boom, brought it around, ran it in a circle, just like Dave running in a circle, <laughs> running upside down in a circle on Discovery. I stayed awake through that movie, everybody. I got that far after five viewings. Uh, Hari, when you suggested going to see Anchorman Two, or or and when you go into the movies, is it your intention to stay awake, or do you know in the back of your mind I am going to get some Z's? I will you know, remind you, I, you're under I, fake internet oath. <laughs> I, uh, I don't,
3: I don't really prepare myself to to put a lot of effort into staying awake nowadays. I think that's probably what b- bothers Brian the most is that I don't really apologize anymore for falling asleep. I just do it.
1: What does bother you the most Brian about about Harry's behavior? I mean it's harmless essentially. Why bring it to a uh, internet court?
2: Oh, not all of our not all of all all of our movie settings are as solitary as the movie theater where it's not really appropriate to talk during the movie. If we're at somebody's house watching a movie, we converse throughout it for the most part. And so I mean it's not like as soon as the movie starts we would kind of be expected to shut down. So the fact that he's voiding all of that time kind of annoys me. And also some of Hari's comments have led me to believe that sometimes he uses his sleeping almost as a defense mechanism against things he doesn't want to do or situations he doesn't care for.
3: I'd like to hear more about that.
1: Yeah, I'll allow um, it. So for instance... I'll, I'll, I'll allow for the defendant's non-objection. <laughs>
2: So, For instance, um, I guess back in the days when I was more likely to recommend movies, if I had any interest in maybe a horror film or something, um, like we tried to watch Alien another time, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original version, Kari mm-hmm. was out like a light, and I think the real reason is that he doesn't really care for horror movies, so he just decides, I'm going to go to sleep, and – at another later time we saw inside Lewin Davis, and Hari of course had his eyes closed through it, so I asked him how much he remembered, knowing that he wouldn't be able to say anything meaningful, and his reply was that he was awake the whole time. He was just closing his eyes to try to sleep, but he couldn't. <laughs> so I don't I don't really know what's going on there.
1: Hari, do you remember the part in in Lewin in Lewin Davis when they're driving John Goodman?
3: I. I'm not sure if I just created a memory of that based on your uh, (laughs) description, but I yeah, no, he was in that movie. Do you remember
1: the part? Do you remember the part? Yeah, he was. Do you remember the part when they're driving John Goodman and then John Goodman turned into a baby? And then they were flying, but they were also on underwater at the same time. And then all of a sudden you were John Goodman. And then all of a sudden there, there was a monolith in front of you.
3: Now I think I'm going to have to say that didn't happen. There were a lot of cats, that a was... lot of cat appearances. That's that's what Brian quizzed me on when we left the movie, yeah. how many times the cats appeared. I
1: was just wondering what, what Lewin Davis would have turned into in your mind if you had been sleeping through it.
0: I'm pretty sure what Judge Hodgman just described is the first four times he saw 2001. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: true. It's true. They're going to reboot 2001 with John Goodman as Hal. Uh, okay. So um but uh, so you are consciously picking rest time instead of friend time? Hari, yes or no?
3: Well, I don't see the movie watching period as the the prime friend time, you know.
1: Well, when is I, it then?
3: I think it's it's the, the 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 time before, the time after and I watch enough of the movie to be able to talk about it.
1: Yeah, but your time is short. Uh, why are you, I mean, if you're falling asleep on, on your feet, basically, working all the time, and why, let me ask you this, Harry. What what kind of medicine do you want to practice?
3: I want to be a cardiologist.
1: That is some serious, that's serious medicine. Sure. <laughs> that's serious stuff. Are you going to fall asleep in someone's chest?
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, cardiologists don't really do, like, the surgery. Type oh, excuse stuff, me. But, uh, but when I'm, like, having a conversation with somebody well, Wait a doing minute. something. I'm if not you're not going to
1: do surgery on a heart, what are you going to do?
3: So cardiologists are, are medicine doctors as opposed to like cardiothoracic uh, surgeons who pill, do pill pushers. Surgical procedures.
1: Pill rollers. Well, yeah. But they Are we also pushing that crest
0: like, door on people? Like, well, they also recommend that, that people improve their diet and exercise habits. Okay. All right.
3: They do the kind of pursue like through things like Getting a, a stent put into your heart, a cardiologist does that.
0: They okay. use those heart detectors. You know what I'm talking about? Ear thermometers. Oh uh, yeah, blop, yeah, blop, yeah, blop, You put it on somebody's
1: chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's an extendo drum. Yeah, yeah. I know it. what you're talking about. <laughs> it's a listen tube. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, I have a question. You're working. You're, you're putting in seventy-hour-a-week shifts as you learn medicine, and it's exhausting, right? I mean, I've seen medical shows. Is it not exhausting, Hari? Regardless of your preponderance for falling asleep in Brian's basement when you were children, you are now exhausted, no?
3: Much of the time, yes.
1: Okay. What is the reason pedagogically for exhausting medical students in the way that they do?
3: Well, 70 hours is actually lower than it used to be. I mean, um, there are now rules in place that people aren't supposed to work more than eighty hours a week. So before those were in place, people were working like one hundred and twenty hours a week.
1: But what? But for? But what is the? What is the reason for that? What is the actual reason? Or and what is the ostensible reason?
3: Sure. So you learn a lot by watching kind of a patient, um, like from the time they come to the hospital all the way through, like the first thirty-six hours of their. Um, Acute illness, mm-hmm. and so oftentimes it's helpful to have somebody at the hospital for that period of time that knows the patient really well. Um, so that's, I would think, and I'm no expert on this because I just kind of have only been doing this for a couple of years. But there's a um, a benefit to having people there long enough to be able to see things from start to finish,
0: rather than having a, th- a shift change.
3: Right, which is actually what. Things are moving towards now that people are more concerned about how long doctors are in the hospital.
1: And and w- would you say that, that uh, doctors, as opposed to medical students, accredited physicians, work the same l- number of hours at the same level of intensity as medical students?
3: Um, they probably work more hours with a similar... Um, if not greater level of intensity, depending on their specialty, but uh, but I guess the biggest difference as a medical student is you don't really have control over that; it's forced upon you. Well, uh,
1: right. I mean, I, I'm just wondering if there is a pedagogical theory that it, that it builds stamina. I appreciate that what you're saying with regard to following a case on, on following a case for the longest period of time has a a practical medical benefit to the patient, and then. But also, I always wondered if, if it's a hazing issue. Are they just getting free work out of these poor kids? Is, is it? Is it? What? What is it? What's the reason for keeping oh. everyone awake all the time when they're when they're learning medicine?
3: No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think it's a. I wouldn't call it a hazing issue. If anything, it used to be that way, where um, residents, of so the people right out of medical school that are training, they were mm-hmm. the ones that were really um, being depended upon for most of the responsibilities for patient care in a hospital and a teaching hospital Mm -hmm. but um a lot of that has changed over the years and actually you'll you'll meet most doctors that are kind of of the old generation saying that 80 hours a week is nothing and people are not going to be trained sufficiently if they're only working that long
1: and and do you share their view
3: no i kind of see where both sides are but i think there are compromises to be struck
1: did you just fall asleep in the middle of that answer (laughs)
3: I'm clearly really excited about uh, no, I, 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 I'm looking forward to the years to come, but uh, I get sleep when I can.
1: <laughs> Brian, when, when you look over in the movie and you're seeing your friend from childhood and you guys have chosen to spend some special time together watching Anchorman 2. <laughs> and you see him falling asleep, complete the sentence. It makes me feel blank because blank
2: it makes me feel annoyed because you don't value our
1: hangout time wow (laughs) just got real just got real in the courtroom
0: and i i feel like he he went that may have been the surface level feelings Annoyed is a descriptor that I feel like maybe is hiding something.
1: Yeah, that's the second time you've said annoyed, Brian. And, and, well, uh, I, why, are I don't you think I would or go or as far you, as
2: rage or anything like that. Are you hurt? Uh, no, not quite. It's, it's not quite on that level. He can't admit it. It's dirt. more of just like
3: a, a snobby looking down on me for my inability to do the things that he can do.
2: <laughs> no, I think he's hurt. <laughs> like stay awake for small periods of time.
0: Wow. Brian, Lawrence of Arabia you know is a what? long I, movie. We can all agree. I, you guys want to come over to my house? I'm having a Berlin Alexanderplatz party. Yeah, yeah it does.
1: <laughs> it does seem like you're you're picking you're picking Brian. You have to uh, like the the ones that are coming to mind. Aside from Anchorman Two, are 2001 Lawrence of Arabia, even Alien, by today's standards is positively soporific. That is a mood piece. Uh, and, and you know, if you were to see that in a movie theater, it would be dark, pure darkness most of the time. Uh, that is true. What is your favorite movie, Brian?
2: Oh, my favorite
1: movie? That's a toughie. Um, Name your top three from your gut, because Harry's got to go save some lives while you're thinking of your, your movies that you love. Number one, Rat Race. <laughs> number two, Summer uh, School starring Dan. De- uh, was Dan Harmon? No, not Dan Harmon. That's the creator of Community. Mark Harmon.
2: So I would say probably Citizen Kane's one of them, uh, Jean Luc Godard's Contempt, and then oh, maybe Boogie Nights.
1: Who are you trying to impress? What are you here? a 19 year old?
0: <laughs> Come on. I'm trying to hit all my bases. <laughs> yeah, no doy. Yeah. Do you consider this? This isn't a base hitting exercise. Save that for spring training, Ace.
1: (laughs) Do you consider your taste in movies to be an important part of your personhood?
2: I do. Movies are very important to me, and I can be pretty snobby.
1: And, you know, when Hari accused you of snobbery, I was almost going to say, hey, whoa, 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 Hari. But immediately you're like, yeah, well, at least I can stay awake for a couple of hours, which is a really weird thing to say to a medical student.
2: (laughs) What? May I add something about uh, Hari's medical student practices? You may, of course. (laughs) Um, I think Hari mentioned that... You mean his little hobby? (laughs) I think he mentioned that there are breaks for napping that are built into Mm -hmm. um, the student schedule. And Hari has mentioned to me that he and many other students often just skip those built-in nap breaks and just keep on working. So I think he... He's not completely at the mercy of his med school program,
3: at least not completely.
1: Hari, are you not taking your nap breaks like you're supposed to?
3: So I did have one month where we would work like the 30 hour shift.
1: Right. And, and they we were you, recommended and to then, take a strategic nap.
3: Right. And, and, that, and that's, when you when all, that's when
1: you all get to go and lie down on your mats. <laughs> but we, you're like we, you're, have, we had
3: little call rooms Yeah, it was you, kind of depressing you lie down on your mats but, um,
1: and you wanted to play <laughs> but you wanted to play with your action figure that you brought from home and that's why we had to take it away from
0: you
3: well yeah I would tell Brian how I was having so much fun doing what I was doing that I would I would just keep going
0: and what were you doing stents
3: uh, no those that was in the ICU so we were like we would get really sick patients and give them medicines to make their blood pressure not tank and uh put lines in them and drain fluid off of their lungs and their
1: yeah it was, it was good switch their brains for madman's brains when you're when you're draining fluids time just flies it's like <laughs> nothing,
0: nothing like Lance and a boy oh it's like
1: popping that's like popping zits and blackheads times 1 million like you could go you could you could stay up all night draining some fluids <laughs> lance and a boil. i've always wanted to lance a boil if i come to Naptown, can you can you get me into that hospital for me to lance a boil without a without a license i you will need do a anything to... in yeah, you need, you need a lance license <laughs> uh harry do you one of the things that brian brings up is that he's concerned about your career as a medical professional if you can't stay awake through Lawrence of Arabia, you won't be able to stay awake through a stenting. Is this uh, reasonable? Do you have problems fighting off sleep in, in your professional duties?
3: Not really, no. And I think uh, I think that kind of argument is just a, a cover up for the real reason that you guys heard is that he's just annoyed with me. He's not actually concerned about anything and, consequential.
1: And Brian, those concerns that I that I relayed from your affidavit, uh, a, are they true? And B, do you have any evidence that Ari's medical professionalism is being compromised by his sleepiness?
2: They are absolutely true, and I do actually have some evidence. Um, I didn't mention this, but one of the subjects that I study a lot in human development, family studies, is sleep and the effects that.
1: I love how end, I love how a you left a, on a I love how you left a gasp pause there. <laughs> <laughs> Well, oh, you know, um, what? do it again. Do it again. Well, I'll I'll, I'll, <laughs> let, I'll let you have it. What is one of the things you study as part of your family? Whatever
0: it is you do.
2: One of the things that I study as part of human development and family studies is sleep. Oh,
0: <laughs> wait. Can we do it and... one more time? Sure. Can you do it one more time, Brian? <laughs> sure. Yeah, I didn't gasp. Is that why you want to redo it? Or you no, know, I want to do another. In, you want to do, do it. it in French? Okay.
2: Okay. One of the things that I study as part of human development and family studies is sleep.
0: Sacre <laughs> bleu. Okay, and,
1: and uh, what have you learned? Uh, what, have you, <laughs> what have you learned in your family studies and childhood, whatever it is? Family develop yeah. what is it? What is human your development specialty? and human family studies? Human it's basically development like and psychology. And family studies. Basically like psychology. Okay.
2: But one thing you find is that when people aren't getting enough sleep. Even if they're able to stay awake, their entire decision-making process is altered and messed up. So, Hari wouldn't necessarily fall asleep on a patient, but he might prescribe the wrong medication or the wrong amount and not even realize it.
1: Well, yeah, so that's what I, I really worry about. I have some look. I I have some some sensitivity to that because that is in fact why I was asking Hari. What is the point of exhausting medical students? It seems to me you know it seems to me that it would have exactly those kinds of adverse uh outcomes uh if you exhaust medical students there things could go wrong but at that the same time medical student training has been going along this way and as we heard from Hari, much worse for many many years with the with these young people working many many hours uh and um unless the american medical association is routinely Covering up the thousands of uh, bodies that have piled up, killed
0: by medical students every year. Which maybe they are. I don't know, right, Jesse? Well, I mean, I've been part of that to some extent. Oh, okay. Oh, I that's don't... right. You worked that summer as a as a corpse stacker up in Alaska. I mean, I don't work. I don't work here in the court full time either.
1: <laughs> uh, it does seem that your concerns are generalized, not supported by history. And uh, and uh, also not specific to Hari, you have no evidence that he himself has misdiagnosed or misapplied or made a mistake due to exhaustion. Do you have any that evidence? That
2: is correct. Right. I do not know that that
0: has happened yet.
1: Yet. But I merely a...
0: think that the possibility has increased it's considerably. A, it's a snoring time bomb, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> Brian, I, I want to say something to you, which is both my wife and my father have this habit. My father has a hard time sleeping at night because of post-traumatic stress disorder and goes to movies in order to sleep. And my (laughs) wife is just a sleepy person. (laughs) (laughs) And with both of them, I find that I am upset when they fall asleep, despite the fact that I can continue to watch the movie just as well without them there. I'm upset when they fall asleep because it feels like an affront to me. Um, It feels like they don't value sharing this experience with me and I feel like you are talking around the emotional part of this which is that this is your close friend (laughs) and you want even even as an introvert you want to share the emotional experience of watching a movie with him because you care about him.
2: I'd agree with that yeah it's a it's an experience to be shared and if he falls asleep, then that doesn't really happen. Um, and since we both seem to enjoy seeing movies, regardless of the fact that he falls asleep, um, it just kind of feels like I'm
1: all alone, on all on my own there. Hari, do you, do you want to see movies with your friend? I do, and it's
3: because it's something he enjoys. And I know he goes and sees movies by himself. When I'm not around, yeah, that's that a different, that's a sad. different
1: experience. That's an experience of pure bliss. Hari, would, would you prefer to socialize in a different way?
3: With certain people, maybe, but I know this With is something Brian. that Brian likes to do. So, and we don't really carry dinner just conversation say- very well. Why? Um, well, we do, but I mean, like, We've known each other for so long that there really isn't a whole lot to say usually.
1: Is it fair to say that Which this habit of going to the movies is the only thing holding together your friendship? <laughs> it is the only connective <laughs> tissue that con- that con- that continues to to bond you two. It's
3: it's certainly our well we we go to concerts a lot too so I well, guess is that
1: do you stay awake through the concerts?
3: Uh depending on the nature of the concert. Well give we, me, we, give me one waking his, uh, concert and one dozing concert. Opera. Say it again, please. <laughs> Brian likes to, to frequent the like the, the opera or chamber music.
1: Oh, what? And so, what kind of But what, when we go to, like, you, when we go to of, Bonnaroo, stay awake for You stay, to, awake, you stay awake for Bonnaroo. Because you have to you have to stand if you lie down you'll be
0: trampled. by by people in swimsuits happened to me once at a doobie brothers concert totally they did a slow number i fell asleep i broke three ribs and i had to get four different things lanced
1: (laughs) my last question to you hari before i make my verdict do you like sleeping at the movies
3: to be honest i actually i do like sleeping at the movies yeah
1: of course you do it's fantastic all right (laughs) brian If I were to find in your favor, what would you have me order? That Hari stay awake for every movie or that I make him watch one of your three pretentious favorite movies all the way through (laughs) using a clockwork orange style (laughs) (laughs) eyelid retractor? Uh,
2: The retractor is appealing, but I think if Hari made more of an effort to stay awake during movies, Maybe had a cup of coffee right beforehand, something like that. That would be more beneficial to me. Or maybe if Hari just wouldn't suggest going to a movie if he knows he's going to fall asleep during it, that might make more sense. Would
1: you prefer to socialize with Hari in a different way so long as he would stay awake?
2: I definitely like movies, but I, I would be happy to socialize in other ways,
1: too. If Harry's awake during them, presumably not the not the opera chamber music because obviously that's snoozeville. We've gone to one opera.
2: That's <laughs> I don't
1: think that can. <laughs> Which one was it?
2: Oh, it was Handel's Hercules. Yeah,
1: Real snooze fest. That doesn't that doesn't exist, Harry. You you dreamed that.
0: <laughs> I prefer Disney's Hercules because it has Putty from Seinfeld. <laughs> oh, the guy who's
1: in every animated thing.
0: Yeah, because he's, he's the best. The <laughs> best. Yeah. <laughs>
1: We should be able to remember his name right Patrick now. Warburton. Patrick Warburton, right. I worked with him on an Apple ad, and he was terrific. Yeah, he's amazing. Uh, should He should have a, a wall full of Emmys for his portrayal of Brock Sampson and the Venture Brothers. No doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Who was that, Harry or Brian?
2: That was Brian.
1: Yeah, I figured. <laughs> Too bad it wasn't Harry. Then we could have found some common ground. But instead, <laughs> still fighting, I am going to... Go over to my private screening room and uh, go into a deep meditative trance while watching
0: Fellini's Eight and a Half. Uh, And when I awaken, I will have my verdict. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Brian, do you think that the main issue here essentially is that you're forcing yourself to watch important movies that are actually very boring, such as Citizen Kane?
2: I don't, I don't know that I'd agree with that. I don't think we got into it, but Hari likes a lot of these important movies that I also like. I Maybe I shot myself in the foot by bringing up Anchorman 2, but uh, a lot of our movies are a bit more
0: highbrow than that, and not necessarily ones that I choose. Hmm. Couldn't you just watch Touch of Evil? That one's got Orson Welles, and it's fun. The Third Man? How about well. The Third Man? Watch that. That's great. That one's a hoot. If Hari could
2: stay awake during it, sure.
0: Hari, why don't you go sleep somewhere else on your own time and be friends with your friends when you're with your friends?
3: Because there's so, only so many hours in the day, and I, I try to try to maximize things, I guess.
0: Do you think that friendship is an equation?
3: Uh, no. Uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call it an equation, but... I, I just would like to be given credit for the fact that I suggest these social opportunities and try to cater to Brian's interests. Despite my uh, behavior during the movie, um, I, I still feel like I'm demonstrating my, uh, my interest in the friendship.
0: If you weren't suggesting that the two of you go to a movie, what would you be suggesting the two of you do together?
3: We could go get a drink, go... Get food. We do all of these things, too. We just like mm-hmm. seeing movies more. So, Or I do. I don't know
1: about Brian.
0: Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom.
1: When my friend Adam Sachs turned... I guess it had to have been his 30th birthday. He, like some people that we've spoken to today, uh, is the kind of person who... Uh, has a certain collection of favorite things that he wishes to impose upon his friends. And one of them is Fellini's Eight and a Half. which is a great movie that I had never seen. But as so often happens when someone suggests very (laughs) seriously, you should enjoy this culture, it means a lot to me. I felt immediate contempt for this film and an absolute anti-desire to see it. And on his 30th birthday, Adam played the strongest card he had. He said to all of his friends, we are all going to see Eight and a Half at the Paris Theater at this time. So we were obliged to do it. And I slow walked it, and I got there late. And then I couldn't find my friends in the movie. I had no idea what was going on, which probably was the point of the movie. And I went up to the balcony... And I watched for a while, and I realized two things. One, that's a great movie. Two, the seats there are very comfortable. (laughs) (laughs) And something in the combination of eight and a half and being by myself and being in a dark air-conditioned room in a hot New York springtime just made me fall Right asleep. And I slept harder than I have ever slept in my life. Better and the greatest sleep possible. If you ever listen to Paul F. Tompkins's Laboring Under Delusions special, he talks about the time that he took a nap at work at the beta-only video store in Philadelphia inside the counter <laughs> and how he's been chasing that counter sleep ever since. It was the best sleep he ever had. And the, the, the equivalent for me is sleeping in the movie. And so I understand that is, there is something wonderful about falling asleep at the movie, something absolutely liberating, something that suggests that I can do whatever I, I spent my money, I can do whatever I want in here. I don't have to watch this dumb movie. I'm not in a clockwork orange. I'm going to take a nap. I had a flash memory of turning to my father the third time he took me to see Star Wars and seeing him having the sleep of his lifetime. The difference, of course, and I understand, too, why my wife also falls asleep at every movie that we watch on television at home. She has been programmed to enjoy that sleep so much. And if you had spent your formative years being tutored in the slow-paced art films of life as Brian was trying to force upon Hari, 2001 and Lawrence of Arabia. Great movies, of course, but when you're a teenager, that's nap time. Now, I suspect Hari, and I understand, has been neuro-linguistically programmed. (laughs) He has been hypnotized by the cinema into loving sleeping there. He tries to cover up his addiction to sleeping at movies by saying that he should get credit for suggesting movies, suggesting going to see movies with his friend, and that his friend should overlook the fact that he's just doing it to feed his own weird addiction. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you should not get credit for suggesting going to see movies if you are going to insult your friend by falling asleep in the middle of them. Because the truth is, falling asleep in the movies is great. But I was by myself at eight and a half. No one was sitting there with me. I'd, as far as Adam Sachs knew, I was, I was blowing the whole thing off. I showed up late and I was in the dark. When you're by yourself, you're not hurting anybody else. But there is a feeling of betrayal, I think, when you arrange to see a movie with somebody, if it's your wife or your dad or or your friend or whatever, and they're, they're, they're falling asleep is a suggestion that your company and this movie and the time together is just not valuable. And it is irksome. It is not annoying, Brian. It is hurtful. And it is okay to acknowledge that you just feel hurt by it. So even though Hari is clearly exhausted and works really hard and does deserve credit for trying to keep this friendship going and trying to help do the th- and suggesting the things that you like to do, Brian, the fact is, Hari, it's uh, it, it, it is uh, enervating what you are doing to your friend. And I think that there is no reason for this friendship to have to go through this over and over and over again. So. I am finding in favor of Brian and my order is thus. (laughs) Brian, you are going to pick out not merely the artsiest, but also the fartiest film (laughs) (laughs) that you can think of. And you are going to share this with Hari and, Hari, you are going to stay awake for it. And you are going to watch this movie all the way through, and you're going to do what it takes to stay awake for your friend in the same way you do what you what it takes to stay awake for your medical training. And then you're going to have a conversation about the movie, and then all of this is over. <laughs> this is going to clear the decks for you're 25 years old now. You've known each other since elementary school. So, 15, 20 years of conflict is going to be resolved. You're going to get this out of your system, Brian. You're going to make him watch
0: Berlin Alexander Plots. I think that's <laughs> got to be what it
1: is. You could take pity and make him watch The Third Man. Have you seen The Third Man, Brian? Of course. All right. That's a that's a that's a that's a short one, relatively mm-hmm. speaking. And then it's going to be done, and then the complaint is going to be settled. And going, and I think you guys need to find something new to do together, that is not going to see the movies because I don't think I don't think uh, Harry is ever going to get out of this. I think it's too deeply ingrained in him. Harry, I think you should go to the movies and sleep all the time, enjoy <laughs> that sleep. <laughs> but the fact is that you are trying to convince both of you are trying to convince me and bailiff Jesse, that uh, that this. Essentially, I won't say antisocial activity of going to see the movies, but semi-social activity of sitting in a dark room and watching something with someone else is is the, the a great foundation of your friendship. But clearly, it is a point of contention in your friendship, and it is not a place where you guys are are sharing new information about your lives with each other. You're just you're just going over old wounds. That's a medical term, Hari. <laughs> wounds. Look it up in your in your book. So instead, I think you need to develop something new to do together uh, so that you are actually actually sharing information about your current lives with each other and, and put the movies behind you. And Brian, you're going to go see movies still. Hari, you're going to go sleep at movies still. But this can't go on any longer. I think uh, Hari's got to go uh, stent uh, a fluid. He's got to go stent a lung. <laughs> so I'm going to wrap this up. This is The Sound of a Gavel. John Hodgman rules, that is all.
0: Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Hari, how do you feel?
3: I feel like uh the judge did kind of see into my my inner workings there and uh I I'm gonna miss seeing movies with my friend Brian, but I guess we're not supposed to do that anymore. So
0: Well if the two of you guys didn't enjoy going to see Anchorman two, then you probably don't like going to the movies that much anyway. That was great. That movie was hilarious.
1: And I will say that. Oh, I'm still here, by the way. I will say, <laughs> I will say that you know, Brian, th- th- this this enforced Clockwork Orange style watching of a movie of your choice, this settles the beef. You understand? So you can, you guys can choose to see movies together. But Brian, from now on, you know, Harry's just going to snooze out after this one. Oh yeah. All
3: right. That, I'll take that. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> uh, understood.
0: Brian, how do you feel? Um I think I feel
2: pretty good about that ruling. If if movies are over for us then that's okay. We can always take up drinking like most people.
0: Have you ever seen I'm
1: glad Ber- I've driven you guys to drink.
0: <laughs> Brian, have you ever seen Berlin Alexanderplatz?
2: Uh there's a big box sitting on my shelf that I have yet to delve into. So now
0: this is your chance, Brian. <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for joining us on this bonus episode of Judge John Hodgman.
1: What if they watched Berlin Alexander plots and Hari was like, this is amazing. And Brian was like. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 well, I mean, the thing is, is that Hari is the one with the more experience staying up 36 hours in a row or however yeah. long Berlin Alexander plots. Yes. Yeah. What is it? Eight, 12 I, I, don't I can't.
1: I, I will never order someone to watch that movie. You, it's still, It's still a movie of your choice, Brian, but just consider it. And thank you very much, guys.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Wake up, Judge Hodges. <laughs> it's time to clear the docket. I
1: was dreaming of I was playing Mr.
0: Do. <laughs> Here's uh, something from Thea. I've been having a running dispute with my boyfriend regarding the wearing of sneakers with suits. Is this appropriate at any occasion? We were unable to come to an agreement and thought we might seek Judge John Hodgman's opinion in the matter. Thank you for your consideration. Well, I'm, I just feel like
1: throwing this over to Jesse Thorne, who is an, a menswear expert, but here's what I'm going to say, and you can judge me. I think that's a little out of style at this point. There was a, there was a time when that was going on. The dudes were wearing sneakers with suits. And, uh, and I, f- I feel like even then, it's a statement of profound, like, look-at-me eccentricity that you would only deploy uh, uh, very thoughtfully. and uh, and But now, not even Doctor Who wears sneakers with suits anymore. You
0: know what I mean? Like, that was a David Tennant thing that I did not like. You're dead on. I think uh, if you were writing to me five years ago, I might be like, eh, you know. But even then, it was... It was always, uh, it, it was always a statement of eccentricity for the not eccentric. Right. Um, yeah, and uh, so I it was sort I, of a, a statement of jock eccentricity Exactly, yeah. I, I was ne- I was never particularly on board with it. My feeling is, you know, it's sort of like wearing, it's sort of like when it's like a Ryan Seacrest move. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know what I mean? No offense to Ryan Seacrest; he's a professional. Yeah, he's well groomed, but. You know, do you want to be that? No. There,
1: there is an air, there is a lingering air of douchiness to it, I would say. For and
0: sure. let's be clear: all of these positive, all of even if you do want to be Ryan Seacrest, you don't want to be Ryan Seacrest five years ago.
1: And if anything, it robs you of the opportunity to wear shoes, which are nice. Yeah. Explore the world of
0: shoes. Here's something from Francis.
1: So I guess the the the, the verdict is it's out of date. Yeah. You will look dated if you do it. Yeah. If you, if you really want to do it, I'm not going to stop you. But if the idea is like, is this okay? No, it's not okay. And if you it, have
0: a refined sneaker, it's, it's possible to pull off a, a sport coat or blazer with sneakers. But you have to have a, ref, a relatively refined sneaker like a Common Projects or something like that. Then you have to have a, a very casual trouser like a... You know, like chinos or blue jeans or something like that. And then you have to have a super casual blazer like corduroy or tweed or something like that. It's a whole thing. My, my suggestion is just the answer is no. It's certainly not with a suit. Shoes are wonderful. And it, and it may be that you're
1: using sneakers to cover up for your fear of exploring the world of shoes. Do you really think, do you really
0: think it's cute in your wedding? Probably for their wedding. I
1: wore co- black Converse high tops at my prom.
0: Prom is enough. I'll, anyone who wear, I'm uh, absolutely on board with wearing uh, Black Connors high Yeah, because everyone's going to look terrible at their prom. Yeah, I look pretty good at my prom. I bet you did. Here's something from Francis I have a dispute. I'll say this about prom. Yeah. The people who look the best at my prom? Yeah. Uh, a couple of guys who wore uh, black and white Run DMC jumpsuits with matching shell toes. <sighs> right. They look great. I've stood on ice and never fell. Here's something from Francis. I have a dispute about ordering food with my girlfriend Sally. French fries are my favorite food, so I always order them when they're available, which is always. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Probably eating a lot of French fries. Do you fries.
1: have Do you have French fries on the menu? Is that a special?
0: Do you have any fries prepared a la France? A la, la française. <laughs> I always offer to order Sally her own serving of fries and she usually declines. Instead, she'll ask to have some of mine or sometimes will simply help herself from my plate. Sally says she rarely feels like eating a whole serving of fries and prefers to snack on some of mine. I've allowed it, but I don't think this is fair. If I order a side of fries, it's because I want to eat all of it, not half or three quarters. I ask that if the judge finds in my favor, Sally must accept my offer of her own side of fries, even if she doesn't want to finish them, and I should be allowed to enjoy the meal that I've ordered for myself without sharing. Emphasis mine. Thank you, Jesse.
1: This is an interesting case because it brings two principles that I regard very highly into conflict. One, the first principle of private food that people should in a non-sharing food environment non-family style a traditional western uh, sit-down dinner uh, people should not be able to reach over to your plate and eat food off of it unless it's your dad (laughs) (laughs) who can eat whatever he wants
0: dads, 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 dads
1: but it also brings into conflict my uh, uh, an equally strong principle which is you're eating too many french fries dude (laughs) <laughs> no, no, that French fries are, in, in a sense, a sharing food, by defin- kind of by definition. Do you Does one have a right to private French fries? Michael Pollan points out that if you made French fries at home, if you were responsible for making your own French fries, you'd almost never eat them because they're very labor-intensive. And we as a culture offshore that labor to restaurants and and frozen food businesses and so on who are happy to sell us all these addictive, cheap calories— because they're essentially making an everyday food out of of what should be an occasional special occasion food, right? And of course, French fries are your favorite food because they are deliverers of pure dopamine pleasure, salt and fat. I want to eat them every day too. So I don't know how often you eat them. If you're really eating them every time they are available, you you should consider whether or not maybe it would be a good idea to share a few with your friend. But that said, if they're your favorite food, I love them. You should have a right to eat every french fry on your plate. Private food wins
0: over whatever the other principle was sharing food. I'll say this, Judge Hodgman. What? Earlier today, I shared my french fries with you.
1: But I asked, may I have some? But you I guess did. you would never have said
0: no heartless monster they would deny you french fries right and they are sharing food they are a sharing food
1: it's not like I said can I have a bite of your hamburger
0: (laughs) you did say that though later no I did not
1: (laughs) I waited until you walked away from the table and I just took a bite
0: (laughs) our thanks to everyone out there who's listening to this who's supporting MaximumFun.org we appreciate it so very much it's what keeps our lights on pays our rent it's Uh, true Pays for Julia's time, pays for everything that we do, and and we couldn't appreciate it more.
1: Everyone here who got this, you did the right thing. You deserve to feel good about yourselves, and you deserve to go out there into the world and tell your deadbeat friends that you're better than them, because
0: you are. Our thanks this week to Anthony Procaccio. Thanks, Anthony. Naming this program, our producer Julia Smith, our editor Mark McConville. Thanks, if guys. You have a case for Judge John Hodgman. Go to MaximumFund.org slash JJ Ho. That's MaximumFund.org slash JJ Ho. Do it now. Do not delay. We love all cases of all types. Yeah. We will be fascinated by it. It will be reviewed personally by the judge himself. So That's me. Go to MaximumFund.org slash JJ Ho.